Please turn your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 27. I'm going to be reading starting at verse 11. Matthew 27 verse 11 to 26 is what we're going to be reading. If you're there, please say amen. amen. Yes, the address is there, but that's about it. That's why we encourage you to please bring your Bibles. And if you don't have one, the one that you have right now from the church, keep it. It's yours. That's the Word of God, and there's a lot of blessings in there. The blessing is it's the Word of God. <laughs> you will not find the number of the winning lottery ticket there, but you will find more. A lot more, more than the lottery winning. Matthew 11, Matthew 27, verse 11 reads, Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priest and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now, it was the governor's custom at the feast to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So, when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one of you, which one do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ. For he knew it was out of envy that they handed Jesus over to, the, to him. When Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man. For I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus who is called Christ? Pilate asked. They answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed, asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, let his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged and he handed, over, handed him over to be crucified. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for everything that you've given to us this entire week. We thank you for the sun being out. We thank you for the water that we know we will have this summer and next. We thank you for the health that we have, our family, our children, our spouse, 
our jobs, Lord God. Thank you for bringing us in this country that we're able to praise and worship you without fearing for our lives. Thank you for providing this building that we are able to gather, Lord God, comfortably. We thank you for the songs that we were able to sing that prepared our hearts to meet you and the message that you have for us. We pray now, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to teach us to open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds, so that we will receive your message for us. May we all be humble and accept whatever it is that you want us to accept. Guide us, Lord, and anoint me. Deliver your message once again through me. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, um, the last time I was up here, uh, we tackled Judas and the betrayal that he did. Um, and he, he did against our, our Lord Jesus that he regretted. Right? And um, as we continue in our series, which, which is we call Road to the Cross, um, tonight or this afternoon, we will again study about a common bad guy in the story. <laughs> but um, the, there's a lot of bad guys in the Bible, but there, there are some, a few like Judas and then this guy named Barabbas. Uh, I know the last time I said my mom used to call me Judas or Judas, you know, when I'm misbehaving. You know, the other thing too is he will, the other, he will, she will add the Barabbas if I'm really misbehaving. She'll call me, Jojit, Judas ka Barabbas, come here. <laughs> so, this is what you call people that are misbehaving or are being evil, I suppose, right? But Barabbas is an example here for us. There's a lesson in Barabbas' story. If Judas traded Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, which is the cost of a slave, only for him to regret, we will now focus on the people, the Jews, on how they traded Jesus for a bad guy named Barabbas. Now, before Jesus' death, God commanded the Israelite community to offer animal sacrifices to compensate for the sins they committed, right? These sacrifices were necessary not to deter people from committing further sins, nor to reform their, mind, their sinful mindsets, but to atone. It was a payment for sins that deserved to be punished. That was the law before Jesus' uh, sacrifice on the cross. God's law a representation of his character, had been offended. Thus, God himself had been offended. That is what sin is. We offended God. And the only way to set things right was for God, what, right with God, was for us or for them to offer up the life on an animal, of an animal as an act of atonement. Church, that is what we call the doctrine of substitutionary atonement. That is in 1 John 2, 2, which reads, He is, he, speaking about Jesus, is the atoning sacrifice of our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Amen? Now, if you are trying to, if you have a friend, if you've recently accepted Jesus and you have friends and family that you know you want to share the gospel with, you want to emphasize this part that there has to be a substitutionary atonement for the sins they have committed. 
It's not their good works that pays for their sins. It is blood must be shed, which is what Christ did on the cross. Amen? Let that not pass you. That's the most important part. Because you will meet unbelievers that are better than you, that are nicer than you, that are, are better children to your parents, that are better wives to their the ideal wife or the ideal husbands, the ideal citizens. But mind you, they are not saved from their sins if they have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior because their sins still has to be paid. And the only way for it to be paid is by the shedding of the blood, which is the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, I entitled our message tonight well, as a question, which is for you to think. Will you make the trade? When you think about trade, for those of you who are sports aficionados, you're thinking about trading your best players and acquiring the best player. The worst trade that did not happen, the best trade that could have ever happened for me to watch was when the Lakers were trying to acquire Chris Paul. And then David Stern, the Laker hater, number one, he blocked that trade and the trade never happened. The one trade that I could never understand, but then it worked out later on, was the fact that the Golden State Warriors at the time traded for Andrew Bogut with his back being hurt and out for a season. I could never understand in the, my life uh, with my simple mind. I go, why would you trade for a guy that's hurt? And then they let go of my favorite Golden State Warrior at that time, Monta Ellis. And they bet their, their money on Steph, Steve, Stephen Curry, guy with the fickle ankle. I would have not made that trade, but you know what? It shows you what I know. They won three championships with that guy, right? Will you make the trade? Usually you would make a trade for something that you, will, that you know is of value, but now you're seeing something else that has maybe a greater value or greater importance, and you're willing to say, hey, take this for that. Right? Usually that's what a trade is. Something of great value versus another great value, but you're ready to let go of it because, because you're done with it or you find the other one better or more attractive. So the question, will you make the trade? This is a trade. Will you, I hope I have everybody listening, will you trade Jesus for heaven? I asked the Bible study group here this question last Friday. The trade is this, that you will go to heaven. You will go to heaven, and you, can, you get to take everyone that you love, everyone that you care about, everyone that you like, and everything about heaven, as the Bible said, is still there. No more hunger, no sickness, no pain, no more tears. But the only trade is Jesus won't be there. Will you make the trade? Let that remain in your mind. You're probably asking the right Christian answer. Of course not. Right? That's, that's the right church answer. You've won one bag of rice. <laughs> but think about that. Will you make that trade? In verse 21 to 22, which of the two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What should I do then with Jesus who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They answered, 
crucify him. Now, some background, Barabbas was a notorious prisoner, like a bin Laden prisoner. That's what he was. He was public enemy number one. He was more than just a common rebel. We would call him the terrorist today. Barabbas belonged to a group of patriotic freedom fighters called the Zealots, a Jewish organization whose main purpose was to resist the Roman aggression. Barabbas' name means son of the father or son of a rabbi. It's interesting to note that Barabbas was actually his last name. His first name was Yeshua or Jesus, which was a popular name, a common name during Jesus' day. So the trade was, the cho choice was Jesus Barabbas or Jesus of Nazareth. Barabbas had been arrested and convicted, arrested and convicted of the crimes of thief, of theft and insurrection and murder. You can see that again in Mark 15, 6 to 7, which is here. I, th I have it. Now, it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. So these are all true story. Christians, I don't know about you, but sometimes because we're so familiar with the Bible, we think it's just a book of stories. We forget that it's an actual account of lives, actual people and their lives. These are historical accounts. Barabbas was real as much as Jesus is real. I say is because he still lives, right? So sometimes because we've heard it so many times, we just forget it. Like, oh, yeah, I got it. Yeah, Jesus died on the cross for me, raised on the third day. That's why we celebrate Easter. I mean, we lost the meaning of it. So I'm, I'm hoping that as we, as we study this, as we go through this, something in you about your faith, about our faith, will be alive again. It'll spark something. Now, everyone in the town knew about it, knew about Barabbas. Yet they chose Barabbas to be released versus Jesus, who they have heard and have seen to restore the sight of the blind. Heal the sick. Resurrect Lazarus. Resurrect that young girl who was sick and then died. They chose Barabbas the criminal over the, the guy, over Jesus that fed the 5,000 and the 7,000 with five loaves and two fish. They chose Barabbas the criminal, the terrorist, over the one who healed the leper. They chose Barabbas the criminal, the murderer, over the one who healed the paralyzed man. They chose the murderer the criminal, the terrorist, over the one that, over the one that, was, that, was, that walked on water, over the one that was saying, love, every, love God and love each other. They chose Jesus to die in the most horrific way over Barabbas, who actually truly deserved the crucifixion. John 19, 7 to 10 reads, The Jewish leaders insisted, We have a law, and according to that law, he must die. Speaking about Jesus. 
because he claimed to be the son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? He asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realize I have power to either to free you or to crucify you? A little bit of background for Pontius Pilate here. Pontius Pilate was already warned by his wife to do nothing with the murder, with the death of Jesus, who she said, do nothing with the, the death of this innocent man. For she had nightmares about Jesus. That was on verse 19. Also, historians have stated that Pontius Pilate was such a violent man. He had such a, a gruesome record that he was already warned, warned by the emperor to stop with his executions that he has been doing in his town. So he had a dilemma because now he was warned by the emperor, warned by his, his wife, but the people were wanting Jesus to die. But he wanted, Pontius Pilate knew, he knew, something in him knew. That Jesus was innocent. So he was trying to convince Jesus to give me a reason. Tell me, tell me that you are not who they say you are so that I can release you. You see, if you're sharing the gospel again to someone who does not believe that Jesus claimed that he is God, you remember verse 7. Remember verse 7. If you are sharing the gospel to an atheist and saying, man, your Jesus never claimed that he was God. Look at verse 7 here. The reason why they crucified Jesus is because he claimed that he is God. Amen? So please have that. Those are all good for you to know. Our Jesus claimed that he is God because he is God. So have that in your pocket there. Verse 23 to 24, why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the more, all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was stirring, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. Pilate knew. That it was out of jealousy of which he tried to get out of this situation. He tried, but the pressure was too much. The pressure was too much. He succumbed and gave Jesus, our Lord, over to the pressure of the mob. But see, the account here too is Jesus never said anything to get him out of the, the, the crucifixion. Jesus never said anything to get him out of that death because Jesus knew that this is why he came here for. That is what he came here for. Now, church, Christians, that's your Jesus. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord, Jesus willingly accepted the death on the cross for your sins and mine. He could have gotten out of it. Remember the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane? He was praying to let this cup pass if there is any other way. But let not my will, but let your will be done, he said. That's the Jesus. Jesus could have sent legions of angels to come and rescue him, but he didn't. 
Jesus could have completely passed it. But he didn't. Because his blood must be shed for your sins and mine. This is why when you're sharing the gospel again, and you're sharing the gospel to somebody that says, I have done so many great things that I can even give away some of it to other people that would need it because I've done so much. I'm sure I can go to heaven. Right? Have you met, have you spoken to people like that? I have. It was a big surprise to me that I was hearing it. He knew, he said, I know I can get to heaven. I have done so many, so many good things that I can give, even get, give some away. Now, if that is the case, why would Jesus come down, die the most horrific way to a point that the word excruciating came from the crucifix? There was no such word until the crucifixion happened. Up to now, it is still the most horrific, most painful way to die and to be tortured through the crucifixion. Our Lord, our God did that for us, went through that for you and me. So when, you're, when you find yourself dragging yourself to come to church, you think about what he had to go through. And maybe, hopefully, you can pick yourself up and say, you know what, shame on me. This is the least that I can do to come pick myself up and come to church and worship him, the God that has given me everything. If you find yourself struggling in prayer because everything is peachy in your life, you have to say, Lord, shame on me. Forgive me because you have gone through so many things for me. You went through the cross for me. And the least that I could do is praise and worship you in my prayer. If you find yourself struggling in reading his word, Picture it in your mind that Jesus did not say anything to get him out of the cross. Mark 8.31 reads, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Jesus knew what he was going to go through. He told his disciples, this is what I'm going to go through. Jesus knew he was the suffering servant in Isaiah 53. Jesus knew it. Christians, have you forgotten it? Have you forgotten that it was the purpose? That's why Jesus died on the cross. Did you forget that be, without that, no one will be saved? Without that, no one will be saved. So why do you at times cower when a good person, you know, a very good citizen comes up to you and say, there's no need for Jesus. I mean, I live my life according to the law. I mean, you know me and you say, yeah, I do. So why do you cower? Then all of a sudden you back out and you're like, you know what? I wonder. No. The Bible says no one, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is good. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Because if, if there was somebody that could walk this perfectly, Christ would have not come down on the cross, come down from heaven and die on the cross. Verse 26 of Matthew 27, Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. 
the people, the people, the Jews, chose the murderer, a terrorist, versus the one who declared that he is God. Now, there's this story about the older brother. The story is told of two Chinese brothers who lived in Chinatown just after the turn of the century. One brother, the eldest of the two, was a very honest and hardworking individual, while the younger brother was rebellious and often associated with the riffraff of the city. Though the elder brother did not approve of his siblings' activities and associations, he loved him very much. In spite of the fact that the younger man had, a, had numerous run-ins with the police, the care and concern of his elder brother remained constant. One night, this wayward, rebellious young man was involved in a knife fight. He and the other man fought viciously, violently resulting in the stabbing death of the other young man's enemy, of, of the young man's enemy, the younger brother's enemy. When the fight was over, the young rebel's shirt was covered with blood. Just as the fight had ended, the police arrived at the scene. They began to pursue the man wearing the bloody shirt. Knowing that he must get rid of the blood-stained shirt, he ran home where he immediately took off the soiled shirt, put on another, and ran from the building. The elder brother, having heard the commotion, ran to his brother's room to check on him. He found only a bloody shirt thrown in the corner. Knowing his brother as he did, it was easy for him to come to the conclusion of what had happened. Quickly, the older brother put on the blood-stained shirt of his younger brother. No sooner had he finished, the police rushed into the room and arrested the elder brother for murder. The older brother was tried and eventually executed for a crime he did not commit. The wayward young man was allowed to go free because the guiltless had suffered for the guilty. Now, that's a true story. And you know, Jesus dying on the cross for us, the innocent man, is also a true story. He took our bloody shirt and he suffered the consequence that we were supposed to suffer. So I don't know how we can see Jesus other than being a loving God that he is. The next time you struggle in obeying him, you have to ask yourself, why? Why am I having a hard time obeying a loving God? And when the world tells you, how can your God be good if, and they throw all these other dirt that you cannot answer, you always have to go back to the cross. And you say, you know, I don't know why all these evil things are happening other than I know it was because of sin, because man has a free will to obey God or not. Other than that, I also know that God took the form of a man, came down, and died the death that I was supposed to die. 
That's the Jesus that we're supposed to obey. That's the Jesus that tells us, come, worship me. Come, pray to me. Come, read my word. That's the Jesus. I don't see God as any other thing but loving. When you have a hard time obeying his commands and you're saying, he's too strict, you're missing the point. He loves you. That's why he's telling you not to do those certain things. Now, obeying him doesn't mean we get to choose what we obey. An a la carte faith is most of us what we have. I love the, the worshiping God on Sundays. I love the praying to God for my needs and for protection. I love that God. But when it comes to my pocket, no, that's not the God. The, no, not that part. I don't choose that part. I love the God that, that talks about my pocket, sure, because I have a lot in there. But I don't like the part where he tells me to keep myself pure. Because life's too short and a lot of people to meet. Now, do you remember the question? Will you trade heaven? Will you trade Jesus for heaven? Will you trade Jesus for heaven? If your answer is yes, then that is why you are following Jesus or believing in God with the way you are. If you say, yeah, I'll trade Jesus for heaven. The only reason why you're following Jesus then and believing in God then is because of the benefits that you get from him. That's why you can say, I, I will trade him for heaven. But if your answer is, you say, no, a strong no, and you say, I cannot imagine myself going to heaven and then finding out that Jesus is not there, then, then, then maybe you understand you understand the immensity of his love for you. Then maybe you have, in this story, you have seen the innocent Jesus taking the stand there after being slapped, punched, spat on, and being now being judged by the people that he came to save. Then maybe you're understanding the love that why he's still standing there and still not rescuing himself. You're understanding the love behind that. Nobody ever, nobody can ever love us that much. No one. You can try, but you will fail. That's our Jesus. Our cross is empty, right? Our cross here, Christian Churches, our crosses are empty because we believe that that same Jesus that took that death on the cross is alive. Amen? He resurrected on the third day. But we have to never forget, we must never forget that he died the most painful, most horrific way to die for because he loves us. Because of his love for us. He gets nothing from us, Right? There's nothing that he can get from us. But yet he did that for us. In Romans, it says, Paul said there, that he died for us while we were his enemies. Will you make the trade? Trade Jesus for heaven. If your answer is no, then worshiping him, obeying him, shouldn't be a burden. It shouldn't be a burden. Imagine you being loved and taking care of your parents 
your entire life. And then they ask you one simple thing. And then you say, what? Get you water. What do you mean get you water? And then your dad will say, I got new water all your life. It's just now that I'm asking you to do it for me because my ankle is hurting. Imagine the, the pain of that. Simple thing. You have your own examples. But let's not miss the fact that the people back then, they chose a different Jesus. The Jesus Barabbas, the murderer. You know, I see Barabbas as a mur the, the murderer that he is, but I see us at times choosing a different murderer in our lives. What do I mean? When we are set with a, with a choice to obey God, which is Jesus Christ, or to obey the world, which is, which is the devil's realm, and the devil has been a murderer from the very beginning, many times, many times sadly, or often times, we have chosen the murderer because it's more convenient. It's practical. It's easy. It's relaxing. It's convenient. It makes sense. Because sometimes following God doesn't make sense, doesn't it? How can you say, if you give your life, he who gives up his life will find it? What? How can Jesus feed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish? How can Jesus make wine from water, the best wine that they have ever tasted? How can Jesus rise from the dead? After being dead for three days. Jesus became the substitute for Barabbas. Barabbas, Barabbas' part was to show us that just like Barabbas, we were the ones supposed to be on the cross. Remember that event? That crucifixion, it should have been for Barabbas. But because Jesus took his place, Barabbas was set free. The time that his jail cell was, cell was opened, instead of going straight to the cross, he went back home maybe. We don't have any accounts of what happened to Barabbas. But I'm, I'm imagining, just like how the movies make us imagine it, right? The bad guy gets to be set free. He's having a party with his friends. Then he hears, hey, dude, that Jesus that took your place, he's... He's there up in Calvary now. And he goes, oh, dude, let's check it out. And then maybe Barabbas, maybe, just maybe, Barabbas was standing from a distance and looking at Jesus and saying, it should have been me up there. It should have been me up there. Guys, that's what we've been forgetting because we, because grace is true. Grace is true. Grace is perfect. But what are we doing? What are we doing with that gift that God has given us? You know, just like Barabbas, he was set free. He was a, a free man. 1 Peter 2, 16 to 25 reads. Let me turn to my Bible here. You have it on the screen. <clears throat> 1 Peter 2, verse 16. 16 Live as free men. 
live, all of you, all of us, we are to live as free men. But do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Not because you're saved by grace, you're going to continue to live in a sinful way. Live as servants of God. Yes, we are saved by grace. We are free men, but we are to live our lives for him. Show proper respect to everyone. You cannot be the old grumpy you. You have to change. You have to remove your crabbiness. If you need to eat before you come to church because you're hungry and you're crabby, eat before you come. If you need your coffee, we have coffee. But you have to change because you have to respect everyone. This is in the Bible. This is not me. Love the brotherhood of believers. You're Christian brothers and sisters. This is why every Christian must belong to a church because you have to practice loving each other. And how do we get to practice loving each other? When a brother or sister irritates us. <laughs> Sorry, there's no other way to prove it. The only way to prove if you love someone is if they hurt you, if they said the worst thing or they did the worst thing. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Fear God. Christians must be reverent fearing of God. We can't be flippant about our faith. We have to be fearful of God. Honor the king. We have to be good citizens. We have to stop at stop signs. <coughs> Sorry, Lord. We have to obey the rules. We have to pay our taxes. Taxes is due on the 15th, by the way. <laughs> Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect. Employees, when you're working, you should be the best employee. Every boss must say, I love having Christians as employees. Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Oh, gosh. We have no out. We have no out. I hope it says there, be nice to your bosses that are cool with you, but be rude to the ones who are, don't deserve your respect. No, it says here, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? See, if you are suffering persecution because you're obeying God, that's fine. God is saying you're blessed when that happens. But if you are suffering, if you got fired because you're sleeping at the job, just like you're sleeping at church, you deserve it. You deserve to be fired because you're not a hard worker. Right? You're not being persecuted. Oh, I was being persecuted. And no, dude, you were sleeping. You were sleeping at the job. We have to be this, right? This is what we're supposed to do. But if, how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you. Christ suffered for you. You put your name there. Christ suffered for Alyssa. Christ suffered for Dulce. Christ suffered for Chris. Christ suffered for us. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should, all, you should follow in his steps. That is our Lord. 
That is our Lord that took the punishment. He did not back out from it. He took the cross for our sins. He could have gotten out of it, but he said, no, I will take it because of his love for us. So the next time you're struggling in obeying him, you think about it. You could have been Barabbas in that cross, but God says, no, I'll take your place. You're free to go. That's our message tonight. Thank you for listening. As the music team make their way up here, um, if you have any decisions you want to make this evening, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord, please come up so we can pray for you and lead you into that prayer. If you have been visiting us for quite some time and you would like to be a part of this church, please come up so we can recognize you. Or if you just need prayer, please come up so we can pray for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your message tonight. We thank you for taking our place. We thank you for dying for us, dying the death that we were supposed to die so that we can live a life that you want us to live. Help us to be obedient to you, Lord God, not begrudgingly, but lovingly. You gave your life for us because you love us. May we, Father, in return, live our life for you. All these we ask in your Son's sweet and mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen.